Folks, we're going to talk today about Easter. You say, well, of course, it's Easter, George. You're obviously going to bring an Easter message. Well, as I was thinking about the message, I wanted to kind of wrestle a little bit with it because I don't know about you, but this is my uh, 53, so this would be my 54th Easter. Easter really didn't mean anything to me until I became a believer when I was about 19 years old. And the reality is, is I've been a believer now 34 years, and to be honest with you, sometimes Easter is just another holiday. You ever notice that with you folks? It's just another time to get together with family. Our clan got together yesterday in Indiana County, and we had what we always have on Easter. We had ham, but and ham loaf. And I love ham loaf because I love that uh, brown sugar, whatever they put on it, Okay. I shouldn't have that, but I, I love it. In fact, I forgot myself yesterday, and uh, my accountability partner, I'm telling you right now, I didn't do good yesterday, okay? So, uh, but there is today, I'll do better today. But Easter is something that we need to grasp a hold of, because I'll be honest with you, for some of us, it's just another Easter. Just another Easter. Just another time for family to get together. Just another celebration. The next celebration is going to be Memorial Day. Well, I want us to think about that for a moment. So if you have a bulletin, I encourage you to always get a bulletin when you come in. If you look on the back of the bulletin, there's a section for you to fill in because sometimes you remember and process things a little bit if you write them down. I want to make a couple points here about it being just another Easter. Number one, we, we have unconsciously made Easter into just another holiday. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, that happens. Because Jesus is a part of our lives every day. We understand that he's forgiven us. We understand the resurrection every day, every week, month after month. And I'll be honest with you, the whole concept of just having Easter, well, that's the time when I get to dress up at church, or that's the time when we go over to grandma's, or that's the time when I know we have ham, or whatever it is that you have on Easter. And, and it just becomes another holiday. That's the one that we celebrate on Sunday. And, of course, there's all the chocolates and the Cadbury eggs, and, and there's all of the Easter egg hunts and everything, and, and it's just another holiday. And that's normal. It happens to me. It happens to you. And I think we need to be honest about that. Because sometimes the celebration can mean more to us than what we're celebrating about. Have you noticed that? Sometimes the celebration and the family gatherings and all of that can mean more to us than what we're celebrating. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? It's sometimes bigger than what we're celebrating. And what I want to do this morning is I want to, I want to bring us back to what we're celebrating. I want to bring us back to the significance of that. So here's my second point. This leads to the significance of Easter being lost to us. And that's why we're focusing here. Because the whole significance of Easter kind of becomes in the wash. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and listen, I'm not telling you that so you can go, go uh, fuss at people because they have Easter eggs and they talk about the Easter bunny rather than Jesus. That's not my point. That's what the world's going to do. Whatever. But for you as a believer... 
yeah, you can have the Easter Bunny, and you can talk about the Easter Bunny, and you can talk about eggs, and you can enjoy the Cadbury eggs and all that, but there's something so much more there for you because you're a believer, and if there's anything that Easter has an impact on, it's you. It's you because you have faith in him. But the problem is because it's just another holiday, just another celebration, just another whatever, we lose the significance. So that's why I want to take you to 1 Corinthians 15. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, I would encourage you to read it on your own anyhow, because it's a great passage. It's a passage where Paul is addressing the issue of the resurrection, because there were some in his day, just as there are some today, there's a lot today, who would say it is not possible for anybody to come back from the dead. It's not possible for somebody to be raised up three days later. There is no resurrection. That's just a pipe dream. That's somebody's imagination. It's not possible. There is no resurrection. And so he answers that whole question in chapter 15. He answers the whole issue from several different approaches. He's like, he's saying, if there is no resurrection, then we're, then we're, we're of all people should be pitied that we're even here celebrating it because if there's no resurrection, we're crazy. But then he goes on, and we're, this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to look at verses 20 to 28. And he goes on and he tells you why the resurrection of Jesus, why Easter is so important to you and I. Why you need to grasp a hold of it. So let's look together. Let's look at these verses. Look with me at verse 20 of chapter 15. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even in Christ all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God, kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who puts all things under him is accepted. But now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who has put all things under him, that God may be all in all. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this passage and this explanation about why the resurrection is so important, and we're going to divide it really into two sections. We're going to see, first of all, that he's going to talk about our past condition. See, if you're going to need, if you're going to understand why Easter is so important, you need to understand what your condition was like without Easter. What your condition was like without you accepting Christ into your life as your Savior. What your condition was like without salvation. You need to understand. You need to understand what was happening and continues to happen in our world. 
And then what we're going to see is, is the reality of Easter. We're going to see from the passage why Easter is so important and why it is such a blessing in your life. So let's look at this together. First of all, notice with me, verses 20 to 21. Look at what he says here. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For, listen to this, for since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. So here's three things I want you to grasp. Three things that you're even going to see in your life in the world today. Here it is. Number one, because of Adam... Everyone was doomed to a spiritual death. Because of Adam. Who's Adam, George? Adam was the very first human being. Because of Adam and his choice to be disobedient to God, sin entered into humanity. So every human being, every human being who has been born since Adam and will be born, since Adam, until the time that Jesus comes back, is born sinful, is born spiritually dead, is born headed to hell. You say, well, wait a minute, George. No, 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 I don't believe that because everybody's born good. Really? Everybody's born good? Have you noticed that you can buy a curriculum that teaches your child how to lie? You can't. You don't need to teach your kids to lie. They lie on their own, right? Have you noticed that with your kids, you had to have special teaching time with them to know how to hit their brother and sister? Did you do that? Here's how you hit and slap your little brother. No, you didn't need to do that. They learned that on their own, right? Where did that come from? They're sinful. They're sinful. Nobody has to be taught to be bad, right? That just comes from inside of you. Where does it come from inside of you? You were born in what, folks? Sin. And because of sin, Paul says, the wages of sin is what? Death. All of us are doomed to spiritual death. Every single one of us. There is nobody here that's good. Well, you don't know me, George. I'm good. No, you're not. You're bad. You just think you're good. In fact, the people around you know that you're bad. You're just too good to hear them. That's pride. Which, by folks, is what? The chief of all sins, right? All sins come from our pride. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, look, if you're going to understand the resurrection, if you're going to understand the reality of the blessing of Easter, you need to understand that because of Adam, everyone, everyone was doomed spiritually to die. Every one of us. Every single one of us. Nobody's perfect. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Our world became a place of suffering and death. Our world became a place of suffering and death. So, okay, you know, I'm, I'm 53, all right? Yeah, I got to remember, 53. All right, so I'm, I think I said I was 54 earlier. I'm making myself older than I am. I'm 53. 
You know what? I don't think I really started paying attention to things until I was around 20. So I have, I've been paying attention for 34 years now about the stuff that happens around the world. And have you noticed that, I, at least for me, in the last 34 years, here's what I always see in the news. War, disease, famine, health issues, financial difficulties, struggles. Have, are you, am I the only one who's seeing that? Some of you have been stomping around a whole lot longer than I have. Is that true? Has, has anybody ever seen a perfect year where there was nothing happening that was going wrong? Everybody, Anybody have a perfect year here? No. That's our world, right? Now here's the other thing I've noticed in those years of watching all this stuff happening and all these difficulties and struggle. Man has been in an endless, listen to me, an endless progression of trying to make it better for everybody. Have you noticed that? That's what politicians, no matter what party you're from, everybody wants to make it better for everybody, right? Have you noticed that in all these years of people trying to make it better for anyone and everyone, have we been able to do it? No. No. I mean, and we've seen a lot of empty promises because it really, we really can't do it, right? Because that's the nature of our world. Because here's what the problem is with our world. It's one thing. You want to know what the problem is with our one, with the world? Human beings. Actually, it's more than one thing. It's like seven billion of them. The problem with our world is human beings. And why is it human beings? Because human beings, folks, are doomed to a spiritual death because sin has entered into their life. And our world has become a place of what? Suffering and death. Suffering and death. Have you noticed that? Oh, it's the cats, George. That's what it is. It's our pet cats. They're creating havoc in our lives. No, they're not. It's human beings. It's you. It's me. This place is a place of suffering because sin entered in through Adam. Here's the third thing I want you to see. In the short term, everyone will experience physical death. Everyone will experience physical death. That's reality, isn't it? Death touches all of us. We have loved ones who die. And eventually, what, folks? We're going to die. Where did that all come from? Sin. Entering into this world through one man, Adam. And that's the world we live in. And let's be honest, folks. Just in that alone, just those three points, if, I'm, I'm assuming you're thinking like I would be thinking, boy, that's really encouraging, George. It's not encouraging. That's quite discouraging, isn't it? Because that's the world we live in. Now, we want to be optimistic. We want to hope that this program or this effort on our part is going to make it better. But, folks, nothing's going to make it better. Because that's the lot humanity is in. And that's where everything is heading. And eventually, what? We die. But, see, here's what I want you to see. I'm going to read those verses to you again. I want you to look with me at verses 20 to 22 and notice the contrast now. Just because Adam brought all that havoc into our life 
and we bring it upon ourselves, I want you to notice now what else he's saying here because this is where we see the reality of Easter. This is where we see the blessing of Jesus. Look with me again, verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead. All right, stop for a moment. What's he talking about? He's talking about Easter. But now Christ is risen from the dead. The resurrection is real. So what does that mean for us? What's the blessing of that? Look here with me. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man came the resurrection of the dead. So since by man, who's that? Adam, came death. That's that, that hopelessness we live in. By another man, who's, who's that? Jesus, came what? Resurrection. A new life. A new hope. Look what he says there, verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came the resurrection of the dead. For as in all, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. What's he talking about here? I'm going to point out three things that is the blessing and the reality of Easter. Listen to me. Here's the first one. Number one, the resurrection of Jesus broke the cycle of spiritual death. The resurrection of Jesus broke the cycle of spiritual death. What are you talking about broke the cycle? Okay, remember, remember now, one guy brought this whole mess into our lives and we just continue on with it. What? Sin. So we can't just all blame it on Adam. We have to blame it on ourselves. Because why? You don't get up in the morning and sin because Adam told you to. You get up in the morning and sin because you told yourself to do that, right? So you're just as responsible. And because of that sin, we bring this whole havoc of consequences and problems into our world and into our lives. Bottom line. All right. That cycle of pain, let's call it that, the cycle of pain, right? The cycle of pain. Jesus comes along and breaks it. Because what? He died on the cross so that you can have what, folks? forgiveness and a new relationship with God that didn't exist before you now have a relationship with him you didn't have it before because of your sin but because of Jesus you now have that relationship with him not just that he breaks that cycle of sin because he now gives you the opportunity to overcome it not just later on when you die but right now in your life he gives you that opportunity he breaks the cycle that we're in. Isn't that wonderful? You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live discouraged. What do you mean discouraged, George? Let me, let me ask you something. You ever struggle with something? Maybe you struggle with a habit that you know is not right. And you just find that habit to be so defeating because you'd like something better. You'd like to be able to overcome it. But you just can't seem to overcome it in and of your own strength. You don't have the strength to overcome it. You know what I'm talking about? For some people, we know what it is. We call it addiction or we call it drunkenness. But for others, it's other issues. It doesn't have to be because I'll be honest with you, we're all addicts here of some type. 
And the problem is, is that you're looking at it, you realize, I need to stop, and, and in and of yourself, you feel and you know, I can't do it on my own. That's why you need Jesus. That's why he rose from the dead. Because he breaks that cycle. Do you understand? He breaks that cycle. In fact, let me just go on a little bit further. Here's the second point. The resurrection of Jesus gives us spiritual life. Gives us spiritual life. Now, as soon as I say that, oh, that's wonderful, George, what in the world does that mean? I hear that all the time. Oh, I have life. Well, my life's not changing, George. I still got problems. I still got money issues. I still got the health issues. I'm still dealing with the consequences of all the stuff I've done wrong. What do you mean it gives me life? If this is what life is, I don't want it. Yeah, you don't understand. That's not what he's talking about. In fact, let me explain to you what he means by giving you life. It's over in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to the first three verses. He's going to talk about being made alive. Okay, listen to what he says. And you he made alive. Who, now again, he's expressing your past condition here, so that helps you to understand what it means to be alive. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So there you are, you were dead spiritually. Remember I told you that, in your trespasses and sins. Now here's what he describes how you were before salvation, before the resurrection, before believing that Jesus died for you. Here's what he said. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of the wrath, just as others. Now here's what he says. Here's what spiritual death was. I was spiritually dead because of my sin. And because I was spiritually dead because of my sin, I was led by three things in my life. Listen to me. Every one of us, you still might be being led by them. Number one, you were led by this world. What is it? You were just going along with whatever the culture says. Culture says go this way. Oh, I'll go this way. Culture says change course heading this way. I'll just do that. Isn't that what we're doing today? We're just going to go along with whatever culture says or whatever family says. We're just going to do that. Second thing he says that you're led by, you were led by who? Satan. Oh, come on, George, I'm not possessed by Satan. You don't need to be possessed by Satan for Satan to lead and guide your life. He's got many tools in his life to direct you and to know what to do. He's, in fact, I like to say that Satan's the biggest button pusher there is. You know what I mean by a button pusher? I often say that at work. Oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, let me watch me push his button. Satan knows what button to push with you. How does he do it? accusation, temptation, and lies. And before Jesus, folks, you were not just led by whatever the culture wanted to do, you were led by what Satan was saying and pushing the button in your life about. Here's the third thing he says there. You weren't just led by the culture, you weren't just led by Satan, you were led by your own desires. Folks, you were led by whatever you wanted to have happen in your life and whatever you wanted in your desires. You understand that. All you got to do is go to Walmart. Have you noticed every checkout lane has a long line of what? Lined on every side. Broccoli, carrots, lettuce. Have you noticed that? That's what they have on the checkout lane? No, it's chocolate. 
deep, dark, rich Cheez-Its. And if you got a bad breath after that, have a mint. Right? Why is that? Because you're led by your what? Your own desires. Now here's what happens. The resurrection gives us spiritual life because Jesus comes along, he dies on the cross, and you have faith in him. He breaks that cycle of spiritual death you're in, and now he gives you life. What does it mean? He gives you now the opportunity to say no to those other three things. Isn't that wonderful? You can now say no to that. You couldn't before. Some of you, in fact, are continuing, and you don't have to, because now, because you know Jesus, you can say no. The resurrection of Jesus gives us spiritual life. Here's one other thing that I want you to see about the blessing of Jesus. He brings it out in the verses 23 through 28. The resurrection of Jesus gives us a future hope. Hey, Life is hard. And you can't overcome everything. Do, do, do you want to hear me? You can't overcome everything. Stuff happens. And it comes out of the blue. And you've got to have a reason to go on. So, I mean, here I am. I mean, it's... I'm, 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 I'm 50... Three years old. Folks, 33 years ago, I was working as a college student in a Burger King of all places. And the manager comes and says, you need to go home, George. Now that's weird. He didn't tell me why. He said, you just need to go home. I go home, pull in the driveway of my mom's house, walk through the door, and my mom looks at me with tears in her eyes and says, your daddy is dead. Somebody killed him. I'm a 20-year-old. Nobody asks for that. Nobody, there was no, no. first of all, there wasn't email back then. There was no letter or something. Hey, just be prepared. This is what's happening today. That's life, isn't it, folks? And that's devastating. And some of you have had devastating things. You've gone to the doctor, and the doctor says, this is what's going on. Or this is what's happening in your loved one's life. Or you have a, someone that you, you love tell you something that you don't want to hear. And life falls apart on you, right? It does fall apart, right? Why do you keep going on? For the believer? Because you have a hope. Because of the resurrection, because of Easter. There's a promise that even though things are terrible right now, and things may get even more terrible. First of all, can I be honest with you? I hear people, oh, I hope it doesn't get any worse than this. Folks, it can get worse than this. Have you not lived long enough to realize that? But the hope you have as a believer is because of Jesus. Because of Easter. Do you understand? That's the blessing of Easter. So you say, okay, George, what do I do with this? Well, I'm going to just give you two thoughts. Okay? Two thoughts. 
Here's the first one. Listen to me. You have to choose the reality that you're going to live with. What? Listen to me. You've got to choose the reality that you're going to live with. What do you mean the reality? Well, you can live in the past reality of what you were once before without Jesus and the hopelessness of this world and in, and in trying to get a muddle on through and try to find a solution and you're never going to find a solution and just kind of muddle along with everybody else and try and hope, 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 hope in yourself and in your brain power, in your bank account, in that relationship or another relationship and just keep muddling on, muddling on, muddling on and the fact of the matter is, is you're just going to be living on in despair and no hope. You can live in that reality or you can live in another reality. What's the other reality? Easter. The resurrection. Jesus. But you've got to make that decision. I can't make it for you. I've got to make it for who? Myself. I can't even make it for my own family. I can't make it for Lori. I can't make it for any of my kids. I can only make it for who? Myself. You can only make it for who? You. You have to choose the reality that you're going to live with. So here's the second one. Allow... The reality of Jesus' resurrection to change you. This is why it's not just another holiday, folks. Yes, you know, I, I'm, I'm right there. Man, bring on the potatoes. Bring on the ham. Bring on that dark gravy. And buddy, bring on those sweets. Isn't that what we're... And bring on the coma afterwards that you're laying around on the couch with. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to be honest with you, that's not what it's about. Because some of you, you're not going to have that. Some of you won't have the coma and the food and the family time. But Easter is just as real for you because that's the, the food and stuff, that's the holiday. Easter is about something so much more it's about hope and about Jesus and allowing his resurrection to change you. So let it change you. And experience it. And it will blow your mind what he does. Let me pray for you.